Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conservative Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah B., and this is the podcast that's fighting back against liberal lunacy, the lies of feminism, and the destruction of the progressive left as we refocus ourselves on those F-bombs that truly matter, faith, family, friendship, and now more than ever, freedom. I hope you guys are doing well. It is Monday, April 25th. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hello to my long-term listeners. Hello to my new listeners. Welcome aboard. This is just, uh, we have some kind of uh, crazy news, right? Um, I think by now you have heard that uh, Twitter has accepted Elon Musk's offer, right? Is that, am I hearing that correctly? That's big news. That's really big news. Um, It's not just big news for um, uh, freedom of speech lovers. It's big news because... It shows what uh, Looney Tunes the left really is made up of, right? Um, They are absolutely uh, rabid over this idea. I know Dan Bongino has uh, an article on his uh, website talking about um, the left going crazy over uh, an African-American purchasing um, Twitter, right? And it's true because Elon Musk, I believe he's from South Africa, isn't he? Somebody correct me, but I'm pretty sure he's from South Africa. Um, and so anyway, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I thought the oh, the left, honestly, you know, the fact that they are all in against this, against free speech, like that should just tell everyone who's on the fence um, and not all that they need to know. Am I right? Like if you are still on the fence, despite all of the evidence of what is going on around you, what are you doing? I just got to ask that question. So anyway, before we jump in tonight, I just want to say that um, the kids won their very first volleyball game on uh, Saturday. I don't even know what day we're on. It's Monday. (laughs) It's Monday. On Saturday, they actually won the whole game. So you know how volleyball, they play it in sets. So it's first, and then you play the second game, and then you play the third game, right? Um, And so I call it sets. I don't know. Because game sounds like, like it's individual games, right? But it's best two out of three. And so the kids won two out of three. And I'm super, super proud of them. Go Phoenixes. So excited. Uh, I, however, was a Charlie Foxtrot, my um, assistant coach slash real coach. Um, she played volleyball uh, on the actual court. Um, and I play in the sand with some beer, right? So not the same. Um, she's really uh, <laughs> been tremendous for me. Um but that being said, uh, she was not there on Saturday. And so the kids were were kind of nervous. And I'm like, we can do this. We can do this, guys. And they did it. So I'm super proud of them. Also, uh, you know, if you want to check out what I am up to, you can catch me over on Instagram at uh, Conservative Mama Podcast. You can also go to the website. It's conservativemamapodcast.com. Uh, I am posting some links. I haven't done a blog uh, in a little while, but um, it's been busy, right? So if you want to email me, that is really probably the fastest way to get my attention. I know that some of you DM me and I feel really bad because it takes me some time to get back to you. Um, And so I apologize, but uh, I promise I love you guys and I am reading your stuff. Uh, It just takes me some time to get over there. Um, You can email me at conservativemamapodcast 
at gmail.com. I know it's Google, but uh, what do you want from me? I'm not going to pay for like my own service. I'm just not. I'm not there. Um, anyway, so let's jump in. Uh, I wish we had, you know what, let's start off with Twitter. We'll, we'll, we'll just start off there, right? Because I kind of led with that. But um, Elon Musk, right? So if you guys follow Dan Bongino, um, then you already know what he's been, what Dan has uh, been saying about this. You know um, how big of a deal this was, right? So uh, just to kind of reiterate what Dan has been talking about when it comes down to uh, Elon's um, uh, offer to purchase Twitter, right? On one hand, he is saying, you know, hey, look, uh, put your money where your mouth is, leftists. You know, do you really want to die on this hill? Uh, because you have shareholders. And right now, of course, Elon being one of, well, I think he's now second largest shareholder, right? But um, he was the largest shareholder when he made that the offer. And he was like, look, I will buy them out. I will buy out Twitter. Um, it's above market value. So I think he was offering something like $54 and change per share. So anyway, um, these leftists would have to uh, go against their own self-interest because they represent other people, right? Believe it or not. Um, I think uh, BlackRock, for instance, is involved. And so they're just one of many other entities, right? But these other entities represent common people like you and me, right? Maybe your your uh, your union has uh, offered shares of Twitter to you and whatever, and you have X number of shares and whatever. The point is, when he offers to buy this out, it would be kind of suicide for these other entities to go, no, thank you. We would rather prefer the um, totalitarian regime that is Twitter, and you can take your money and shove it, right? Like principles uh we're gonna we're gonna absolutely die on this hill leftists are not like that they're hypocrites and they're lousy at it um they're lousy at being decent people i'm sorry but they are really good at being hypocrites i'm sorry that was very confusing so they would be beholden to the shareholders and the shareholders would eat them alive. And they know this. They absolutely know this. So when Elon made the comment, he's like, hey, look, I'll buy you. Um, but then he went a step further and he's like, look, if you don't accept my offer, I'm going to have to reconsider my position as a shareholder. So that was the follow-up. So that was like um, checkmate, right? Because when you understand what he's doing there, and Dan, of course, spells this out so much better than I will, but... Um, as the largest shareholder at the time when he made that comment, uh, yeah, he would drop all of his shares and then everybody else would drop their shares too because people tend to follow what Elon is doing, right? Yes, he's gonna take an economic hit. Yes, maybe even Tesla uh, will take an economic hit, but he's willing to play the game. And he's like, look, take my offer. It's the only one I'm gonna make. It's the only one you're gonna get. And uh, otherwise I'm gonna sell all my shares and it's going to be really bad for you guys because all of those shares now, as people are dumping it, they're like, never mind, Elon, Elon is out. We're dumping ours too. They're dumping theirs. Um, and then it's worth less, 
right? Supply and demand. So he knew this and Twitter knew this too. So when they offer, or you know, now with Twitter uh, accepting, they didn't really have a choice. They didn't really have a choice. It was a little bit scary though when Vanguard came in, they're like, we'll show you, we're gonna go in there and the left is like, yeah, we absolutely love oligarchies. Yeah, you know, we, we want these big money corporate machines, right? Wasn't it just like the other day, they were like, screw big money corporate machines, you know, Bernie Sanders out there with their, ah, you know, these big, millionaires, right? Uh, where's Bernie now? Nobody's heard from him. Has anybody heard from Bernie? I haven't heard from him since like, what? Uh, somebody said like that since the pharmaceutical thing with, uh, with, uh, since the vaccine, since COVID, right? When pharma was pushing these vaccines, where was Bernie? Oh, I thought he were all against the billionaires. Well, Pfizer made billions upon billions off the backs of the taxpayers. Um, where you at Bernie? You don't seem to have a problem with this. So like I said, um, like I said poorly a little bit ago, uh, they're really, really good at being hypocrites because they don't stand for anything. So in an article on Axios.com, everything Elon Musk wants to change about Twitter. Here we go. Twitter on Monday agreed to be acquired by Elon Musk for around $44 billion in cash. Can you believe that? Can, can anybody imagine what that looks like? Does it show up in a briefcase? I just got to ask, is it going to be like a movie? Are we going to see this? Is this, is somebody going to film this? The news came just weeks after the tech mogul launched his unsolicited take it or leave it offer, State of Play. Before he announced he had made an offer for Twitter, Musk had talked about the things he would want to change about the social media platform, from adding an edit button to limiting content moderation. Here's a look at everything Musk said he wants to change about Twitter. An edit button. Musk noted the social media platform's lack of an edit button back in 2019. Oh, back in a 2019 tweet. Where's the edit function when you really need it? He wrote at the TED 2022 conference in April 2022. Musk said he wants Twitter to have an edit button and believes the, the problems critics raise can be resolved. I think you only have the edit capability for a short period of time and zero out all retweets and favorites after an edit. In April 2022, Musk polled his followers on whether they'd want an edit button. About 74% of more than 4.4 million respondents voted yes. Worth noting, Twitter confirmed that after its poll, oh, after the poll, it is working on an edit button. No, we didn't get the idea from a poll. Yeah, sure. Okay, fella. Sure, fella. Sure. Whatever you got to tell yourself, okay? Long form tweets. Must Musk has also suggested allowing long-form tweets. He commented on a long Twitter thread in 2022. My most immediate takeaway from this novella of a thread is that Twitter is way overdue from long-form tweets. Where it stands, Twitter has 280 character limit. The company increased from 140 characters in 2017. He also wants uh, the spam bots and authentication. Musk once called spam bots the single most annoying problem on Twitter. He tweeted in April of 2022, if our Twitter bid succeeds, we will defeat the spam bots or die trying. He wrote in a reply to that tweet that Twitter would authenticate all real humans under his ownership. Open source algorithm. Musk has said he's concerned about bias being inherent to Twitter's algorithm, which he said he'd solve with an open source algorithm. In late March 2022, he tweeted, I'm worried about the 
about de facto bias in the Twitter algorithm having a major effect on public discourse. How do we know what's really happening? Musk polled his followers on whether they'd support an open source algorithm. About 83% of more than 1.1 million respondents said they would. You've got to think about it. 1.1 million respondents. Um, that's a lot of people responding to uh, his poll. That's, I mean, if, if you stop and think about that, like Elon Musk has a lot of, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power, a lot of persuasion. Um, and I really think that the left uh, completely underestimated that. Um, content moderation. Musk has outlined his free speech vision for Twitter. He said that, at, he said at the 20, at the TED 2022 conference, he thinks Twitter should not regulate content beyond what is required by the laws of the countries it operates in. A lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech, Musk said in a tweeted, Musk said in a tweeted, that's weird, in a tweet in January 2021, our thought bubble. It's easier to advocate broad policy change from outside of a company like Twitter than to enact it from within. It's also worth remembering that Musk has been a mercurial tweeter and his plans could easily change. Um, I suppose that's true. Uh, you know, and I am definitely uh, not one to... Uh, openly say that that Elon Musk is the savior of anything, right? Like we do not fall down on our knees for Trump or for Elon or for anybody else, but we can appreciate victory where victory is at, right? And right now this really does seem like a victory. Elon Musk has been open about um, free speech. Um, he's been very candid about it. And I think that is absolutely what drives the left insane. They want to control the narrative. They want to control what you say. They want to control what you think. They are not above using force, coercion, um, or any of their other little nasty tactics to drive uh, the, uh, drive um, what they don't want to hear out of the market. Look, free speech is people you don't like saying things you don't want to hear. Elon said it, and it's absolutely true. Um, you don't have to listen to it. It's like the radio. If you get a song that you don't you don't like, it's pretty simple. You turn the channel. You stop listening to that song. You move on, right? Or you turn the radio off. I mean, it's that's just a really simplistic example. Um, but that isn't. I mean, with free speech, you don't censor what somebody else is saying simply because you don't like what they're saying, and um, you don't like them, right? That's not how it works. Free free speech includes hate speech. Yes, it's deplorable. Yes, it's gross. Yes, I don't like to hear it. I don't like to hear people being racist. I don't like to hear them being, um, you know, awful to other people. Uh, and yet, it's still within their right to do so, okay? And so I can appreciate that Elon Musk comes from that same thought process. Um, it is your right, if as an American citizen, to say things that other people don't like. It's 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 also it's there's nothing wrong lefties uh, with disagreeing with someone either. You are entitled to your own opinion. They're like uh, you know what right like and everybody's got one. Everybody has heard that. Um, you don't have to march lockstep with everybody around you. You really don't. I don't know when we got into this idea where everybody had to be sheep, right? Um, and that's why, you know, like, and this is where I branch away from Dan Bongino and I say, no, I don't think the Democrats and, uh, are going to learn anything from, you know, uh, the red wave coming uh, in this, this midterm. I really don't. I think, you know, 
they recognize what's coming, sure, but uh, they created this leftist rabid monster, and they're going to have to eat that crap sandwich that they've made because the leftists are never going to let them get away with it. They want to control what you're saying. They want to control the narrative. They want to control what you see, hear, and think, and the big tech companies are 100% like on board with that. They are totally, totally excited to do exactly that. They are more than willing to do that. And I don't think we've had any greater example except during, I mean, I don't think we've had any clearer example uh, since, you know, until Trump took office. Really, it, it just was like this bright light shining on what was going on. And so I think a lot of people woke up when they saw that. They saw what a threat all of this was. So do I think Elon Musk is the savior of Twitter? I don't know. Personally, I don't care about Twitter. Um, But I do think it is a a heck of a victory for those of us out here um, pushing back against narratives any which way we can. Whether you're a small-time podcaster like myself or maybe you're syndicated Uh, podcaster like Ben Shapiro or Mark Levin or Dan Bongino or whatever, right? Maybe you're out there, um, you know, like Lara Loomer and, um, you know, you're making videos or, or, you know, doing activist work or, you know, whatever capability, whatever area you find yourself in. This is how we push back. So great job, Elon Musk. Uh, You called him out and they had to... You left them with no, with nowhere else to go. So check and mate. Thank you very much. Okay, next up, uh, real quick. Oh, it's not a fun topic. It isn't, but it. We have to talk about it. Financial markets brace for stagflation as global growth optimism sinks. Yes, it is not just COVID and the and the uh, after effects of this COVID foolishness. Right. It's not just that. Um, Speaking of COVID, did I mention, I might have mentioned this. Did I mention to you guys, uh, Dr. Eddie MD on Telegram, he uh, had a post regarding uh, the DOD, no, not on Telegram, what am I talking about, on Getter, about um, the DOD knowing about COVID months in advance. They actually encouraged the biolab in Ukraine to find a way to cure it. This was months before it was ever released uh, (laughs) into the into the wilds of civilization for the rest of us to suffer from they knew about it months before anybody else had heard the word COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 so I just want to toss that out there in case I hadn't mentioned it check him out on Getter it's Dr. Eddie MD uh, E-D-D-Y if you're if you're curious okay so financial markets brace for stagflation as global growth optimism sinks waning optimism um, I'm sorry it's in the epictimes.com if you're curious. Okay. Waning optimism over global economic growth prospects and rising stagflation fears are prompting investors to seek, to seek shelter in investment hedges, market strategists say. Earlier this month, Bank of America's monthly survey of fund managers found that optimism about the, about the international economy has slumped to an all-time low. Of the respondents, 71% were pessimistic about global growth in the coming months as risks of a recession have turned into the top tail risk for global financial markets, the survey revealed. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what a tail risk is. T-A-I-L, like a cat tail. Hmm, I don't know. 
Should the United States emulate the economy of the 1970s, a blend of stagnation economic growth and skyrocketing inflation, how will the financial markets respond to this type of environment? Investment firms have been reallocating their portfolios, pouring into crude oil and other commodities, and placing long-term positions in resource and healthcare stocks, according to the bank's poll. With increasing stagflation risk, Goldman Sachs believes that passive investing may no longer be a successful approach for investors, meaning that the standard 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks and 40% bonds, might not be an effective strategy in a market of inflation via... via, via, Oh, oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Guys, why do you even still listen to me? Look at... Why? You know I can't pronounce any words. I got a degree in English. Yeah, it shows. That's great. Can you speak it? I can't. Uh, Volatility. Volatility and uncertainty. Gosh, we made it through. Congratulations. Somebody get me some kind of an award. I said the word. Don't make me say it again. I would say that the playbook for investments and portfolio construction of the period since the financial crisis may not be relevant anymore. We have entered a period of higher inflation, higher, oh no, there's the word again, (laughs) volatility, volatility, and more uncertainty. Why is this so hard? Said Maria Vassilou of co-CIO of multi-asset solutions in the firm's asset management division in the bank's podcast exchanges. That sounds really boring. You guys, as far as podcasts go, I don't think I'm ever going to listen to that. I'm just not. That sounds terrible. Uh, Hang in there, guys. We still have some time. Okay, there's a need to rethink how we construct portfolios. Passive investing will be less relevant going forward, which is terrible for 401k, right? Like we're, most of us are passive investors. And um, that sounds like we're probably going to lose a boatload of money. So hope you're doing a job you love because you'll never retire. I don't know that to be a fact, but it doesn't sound good. Okay, Um, it doesn't sound good for anyone, anywhere. This is terrible. Uh, I'm not saying the sky is falling, um, but we may need to get creative, okay? Uh, It says passive investing will be less relevant going forward. I think there is a big case to be made for active investments. There is also a much bigger argument for dynamic asset allocation going forward. Although signs are forming that a recession could be on the horizon, the risks aren't serious enough for investors to overhaul their their portfolios, she said. With inflation expected to remain persistent and stickier, investors might need to consider embracing a more dynamic inflation strategy, said Nancy Tengler, CEO and CEO. IO of Laffler Tengler Investments. She said that such a portfolio would comprise real estate investment trusts, precious metals, energy commodities, and robotics. Another theme that traders need to hone in on is dividends. Okay, so um, I think for a lot of people, uh, having a portfolio that is comprised of real estate investment trusts, uh, precious metals. Um, have you guys looked at the at the at the um, the valuability, is that a word? <laughs> the valuableness? I don't know. Have you guys looked at the cost of gold and silver? Do you ever just look at this stuff and go, I am so poor, right? Like, you know, I don't know. It just seems so out of reach. I, 
maybe I just don't know anything about investing. Like, really? I Like, really? You don't want to take your investment information from me? I, I'm not going to help you. Um, I can't. But real estate investments, precious metals, energy commodities, and robotics, like, take that into consideration, especially if you know what you're doing, if you are an active investor, right? That is a pretty good tip, if you ask me. Um, but again, like sometimes when I look at these things, I think, gosh, it is just so expensive, obviously. And depending, of course, on where you live, like real estate, um, that could be, that could put you out as well, right? Like it, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it just cause it, I mean, it just seems like the divide between the haves and the have nots gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm not saying like, if you already have this, I'm not saying that, um, your have, you know, oh, look at you, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not putting you down. I, not at all. That's fantastic. You know, terrific. Um, I know we have a 401k through my company. Um, but like they're saying it, or suggesting, at least what I'm taking away from this is it might not be enough, which, you know, they've been saying that for years. You know, <laughs> it might not be enough. Wake up. Um, but then this is stuff that they should be teaching in high school and in college, right? Like is investing, um, how to build your retirement, how to do your taxes, how to, uh, do a mortgage, how to, you know, pay for, uh, your, your car note and what bills you've got, like how to be a responsible person. Like they just don't teach you these valuable tools. And so then you get into your, uh, maybe your forties and you're like, ah, crap, right? Um, so anyway, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole article, but you can find it over on Dan, on the Dan Bongino's website over at his, uh, his, um, uh, the Bongino report. Gosh, I am on the struggle bus, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things I kind of wanted to give you guys a head up, a heads up about because truthfully, um, there are changes heading our direction. We can't stay in this recession forever. We can't stay with this, um, this idea, I mean, we've got food shortages that, you know, might be just around the corner. They might already be at your local supermarket. Um, if it's true, if this, if the train stopped running feed to the animals, then, um, there could be a, a problem there. Um, there just seems to be so many problems, right? But I don't want to end us on that note. There's also, like I said, this kind of great awakening. I think I talked about it last week. People are waking up. They are feeling the, that something is desperately wrong. Um, I think on a very spiritual level, I think it's like an almost cellular level. Like you just, I don't care if you're religious or not. I think people ha are now at this point where they just absolutely cannot shake the sense that there's a bad moon rising and uh, it can't, it, this is not sustainable it can't stay this way. But for all of the push towards this, this one world government, this one world religion, this one world banking, um, the more these elites push us this direction, the more people are going, nah, not for me. And to me, uh, that gives me a lot of hope because the more people I meet, the more people I talk to, the more I realize like they are not these crazy leftists. They are not these um, brainwashed uh, liberals, right? Remember, liberalism 
wasn't about being brainwashed into, you know, just do what the group says to do, right? They pushed back on important, on important issues. They fought for free speech. They fought against corporations being labeled as people, right? Because they were like, no, people are people and corporations are not people. They shouldn't have a say that trumps the individual worker, right? That's what it used to be, but it isn't what it is now. But that doesn't mean that there aren't liberals who actually subscribe to the, that that original kind of thought process there, right? It doesn't make them inherently evil. Um, I know Dan Bongino goes off all the time. He's like, liberals are the stupidest people. Uh, leftists are the stupidest people. They're all in. Like, they're just absolutely off the deep end, full in crazy mode. Um, liberals, most modern day liberals, yeah, they are probably on their way to crazy town. Um, but remember, there are some that, uh, that they're waking up too, okay? And we're not just going to say, oh, you know, forget you, you were liberal once. Um, great. Welcome to uh, waking up and, and being an adult and going, hey, um, this sucks. I drove past a, a guy who had Biden-Harris on his bumper, and I really just wanted to, like, I wish I had, like, a sign or something in the car like I wish I, I should carry paper because I want to write when I find these people like a note like and just hold it up in my window like are you happy now or how do you like them <laughs> you like these these gas prices how do you like them apples you know <laughs> like own it you're the one with the idiot bumper sticker oh Biden Harris we're gonna make changes remember oh the adults are now in charge really poor Biden doesn't know where he's at at any given moment that's elder abuse. And Kamala Harris, she's the least like VP in American history. She was the least like candidate. Like nobody likes her. Nobody likes her. Anyhow, so like I said, it gives me hope to think that so many people are just kind of doing this mass awakening. They're realizing what the cabal is after. They're realizing, you know, hey, look, this is the push and we're not having it. People know in their souls, they know in their bodies, they know that this is not the direction they want to go. Um, we have history, people, we have history. We know how it played out in the past. It doesn't work out for everybody and we don't want to repeat it. And I think that's a global statement. I don't think it's just an American statement. So take heart. It's a lot on a Monday, but you know what? We're here for it. As always, stay deplorable patriots and we will talk to you again later this week. Love and God bless.